Hey, welcome to the table. My name is Khalil. And my name is Sean. And this is a podcast really all about following Jesus in the midst of uncertainty and change. And as we know, there are some things we're uncertain of in this world. I mean, the, the culture is changing, right? It's a very unique moment for all of us, but that doesn't mean there aren't things we can be certain of, right, Sean? Absolutely. Just because there are things that are uncertain doesn't mean we can't have some things that are certain. And Jesus is Lord and King, and that's what we believe. If you don't believe that and you're just listening to us for the first time, that's okay. We'd love for you to kind of come along the journey with us. And along the journey with us today is Letitia Burley. And so Letitia is a youth pastor in Salem, Oregon. She's pretty cool. That would be a different Salem than the one that is known for the Salem witch trials. Okay, so for those of of you who are not Oregonians, (laughs) let's just kind of write that one off really quickly. Um, It's it's an awesome church, people's church in Salem, Oregon. And one of the things I love about Letitia, I call it Letitia, is that she's a thinker. Uh, She's very uh, good at processing through information, thinking. She's going to soon become, uh, she will be Pastor Master Letitia. And so uh, going to a great seminary up in the Portland area, actually in Portland. Um, They're like right in the heart of the city, Western, uh, Western Seminary. And so Letitia, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for joining us at the table. And would you tell us a little bit about yourself First, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not working? So leisure, hobby, something fun. What do you love to do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's such a fun thing to be here with you and yeah. experience this. Thank you for inviting me. I yeah. I enjoy hiking. I enjoy the outdoors. So anytime I can be outside, like the sun mm-hmm. today makes me want to go out there. The sun is awesome today. <laughs> Yeah, for those of those who are listening that don't know, Oregon, well, not all of Oregon, but a good chunk of Oregon rains all the time, <laughs> like all the it time. It makes us appreciate the sun so yes. much more. Absolutely. Yep. Letitia, second question, favorite coffee shop? Ooh, good call. Go. Yes, I love coffee. Yes. <laughs> That's not a coffee shop. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, All I'm the thinking, coffee shops. I'm thinking. I don't know. I frequent Starbucks a lot, but I do get tired really? of it. <laughs> I didn't know that. You're such a local girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, no. I prefer local, but yeah. I'm trying to think of my favorite. Mm. Yeah, hurry, because I got another question for you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. uh, <laughs> pressure. You got... I like the... I liked the beanery when it was downtown, but... Mm. And your favorite beverage? Coffee or non-coffee? Yeah. I mean, what is Probably, it? Probably, well, cold brew. I like cold brew. Oh, okay. most, cold brew. Most Just times. straight caffeine. So <laughs> we're... <laughs> make it happen. So we're around the imagery and metaphor of the table right now. Mm-hmm. And Latish is holding in her hand a cold brew from the beanery from downtown mm. Salem. Khalil, what are you holding in your hand? I am holding in this metaphorical image because right now I'm drinking drip coffee. And we are. We're all drinking drip drip coffee right now. But I'm holding uh, a caramelizer blended from Dutch Bros. Not because it's my favorite, but just because because that's what I do when I'm socializing with people. I get Dutch. Absolutely. And then I will be I would be holding a um, salted peanut butter mocha from Snow Peak 
coffee. And none of these coffee shops sponsor this uh, Welcome to the Table podcast. But, but they are invited want, to. Just they are go all, ahead and get a hold of us. Our contact ahead. will be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Letitia, tell us well, a, a little bit about you. What are some, some things that you would want our listeners to know about you? If there's just a few things, what would you want them to know? Yeah, I grew up in Oregon. Um, so born and raised, and I've been going to church my whole life. I was blessed to be part of a, a family who follows Christ still. And so grew up in small town. And um, so I get the small town, and then I moved to a larger <laughs> city. Mm-hmm. I went to a private Christian school, and then I went to Northwest University for my undergrad. And like you said, I'm working on my master's now. But I'm glad to be part of church. <laughs> I love church community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um I've been able to travel some. That's been really fun to see different parts of the world mm. in the last few years. So that's been exciting. And it's fun to partner with other churches and get to know other people around. So Yeah, mm. which you're really good at. How long have you been at People's Church Salem? Yeah, working on my eighth year there. Eighth year, longevity people. That's I love awesome. that. Well, I'm really excited for our conversation today. Definitely. and. You know, we want to talk about discipleship a little bit. It's a phrase that's thrown around a lot, um, gets defined several different ways. But for the average follower of Jesus, I think, I mean, many may know that there's an actual biblical command to to be disciple makers. But how to actually do that in daily life can be a little bit confusing and a little bit uncertain. And I mean, that's what this podcast is for, just exploring some of those things. And I mean, this is, Letitia, this is your heart. I know you have a heart to disciple and to see people being discipled. And that's, that's kind of why we wanted to bring you in this conversation, because it's something that you, you know is important and you, and you care about. But I was kind of thinking about this before. I always kind of ask what the cultural narrative is on this topic. Right. And uh, Sean, the word discipleship's not really, is it used outside of the church context? You know, and you don't really hear it used that much. And I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are on this too, Latish. If you hear about it in a cultural context, it's almost seen as a negative. You know, you you revert it to Waco, Texas, or to Mm -hmm. uh, the Rajanish here in Oregon that Mm -hmm. made national news. And, you know, you hear about, it's almost cultic. But in reality, it's the etymology of it all is not that. It can be misconstrued the way, that way. But I would say, if I could be so bold to say, it would be likened to apprenticeship. You know, uh, plumbers or mm-hmm. uh, uh, metal workers, um, electricians, yeah. those types, it, it would be very similar, if not parallel to that. I don't know if you had mm-hmm. any thoughts on that the cultural narrative of discipleship. Yeah, I would say that. And and I think, like you said, it may be, it might have a, a leave a bad taste in people's mouths when mm-hmm. they hear discipleship. They might think like discipline or something that's like, yeah, um, like confining or something they don't have interest in, mm-hmm. in being part of. But I like that idea, those other terms you were using, and then the concept of mentorship, I mm-hmm. think is a big mm-hmm. one because there's a big part of relationship that has to do with discipleship mm-hmm. from what I found out. It's good. The idea of relationship, mm-hmm. I think, it's is huge. a significant one too. Mm-hmm. That's um, really important. What, Letitia, what, is, like, what would you say, what is discipleship, well, you know, from a, from a Christian standpoint? Yeah, when I think of discipleship, I think of being a follower 
because Jesus called his disciples, as we see in the narrative of scripture, and they followed him and they ate food together and they talked about life together and prayed together and helped people and served people and yeah, did life together. Mm -hmm. So that's where I, I guess I associate the mentorship idea and then, yeah, following. And so I think about in our society, when you're a follower of someone like on social media, mm-hmm. you like their stuff, you want to be like them, you want to take true. on their likeness in different ways. And so then you kind of, as I, I'm sure, I don't know who said it, but you become what you behold. So oh, it's like good. what you're what you're looking at and observing and, and kind of mm, idolizing, you, mm. you take on likeness. And so I think that's a big part of discipleship. It's a good term, likeness. And we kind of, you know, it's a great cultural perspective too, or imagery, if you will. You know, I have a thousand, or if you're a celebrity, I have mm-hmm. 1.1 million disciples. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that really puts things in perspective. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting too, because <laughs> you almost made me think, it. it's so interesting that scripturally, a disciple is a follower, Right, you would follow your teacher around. Yeah. You would you would do life with them, and now we have this etymology today of being followers on social media, and it's yeah. it hasn't really left the picture. We just we just don't really um, maybe notice it, and it made me think, man, we're all followers of someone. Yeah, and what you said about man, we become what we behold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me even think, who am I following? Who am I following? And is that is that actually what I want to become? And yeah. as someone who is a follower of Jesus, I mean, what I'm saying is I, I want to become like him. And in fact, I was made to do so. So I, that was that was that was great, great thoughts. You, you sparked a lot in my own mind. We become what we behold. That's really cool. So what does it look like to behold then maybe in our culture and within the church as followers of Jesus? What do you what do you think? I know I'm throwing a total curveball at you, but. When you say behold, what do you mean by that? And maybe two different perspectives. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what do you admire? Mm-hmm. For me, as an example, I remember when I was early on in college, I there was this, this lady who was the wife of one of my professors. I love this one professor, and I just wanted to be like him. I wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, I really mm-hmm. admired him. And that's actually why, he's actually why I'm at Northwest University, mm-hmm. because I admired him so much. But I wanted to be mentored by his wife, because I love their family. Um, I, I have an interest in that for my future. So I was like, hey, maybe she can teach me about, I admire her nutritional habits. Mm-hmm. And then also just her devotion to the Lord and how she's just living her life so good and wholesome. And so I asked her to mentor me and I feel like I kind of became her disciple. We met once a month we would talk about life. She'd help me navigate through just the basics and any challenges I had. And then I learned how to pray. I was admiring her and appreciating actually both of them. So I was like, Hey, I want to come close, you know? And as you follow, essentially it's as you follow Christ, I want to follow you. So Mm, I want to have those traits in my life. I want to have those habits in my life. I want to see the fruit in my life that you're seeing in a sense. So teach me your ways. So I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, spending time with that person. And I I think about my grandma's investment in my life. I spent a lot of time with her. My parents spent a lot of time with me. So it's like um, the good traits, the good qualities I want them to rub off on me yeah. and um, hopefully I can do the same for others. And so I think that's all involved here in this idea. Absolutely. And the opposite is obviously true as well. Yes. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> those that you, you're, something's going to rub off on you. Yeah. You know, whether it's the 
you, so you're, you're almost speaking to intentionality mm-hmm. as well in one sense. So yeah. that's, I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at the scriptures, is there anything else on this idea of discipleship that jumps out or that we should kind of know while diving into this? Yeah. I was, as I was thinking about my parents discipling me because they lived a life according to scripture and honoring God. And they taught me everything. I, I, I mean, I was blessed to have solid parents. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about how Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, teach your family, your children about the ways of the Lord and walk in them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, um, talking about the law, like teach those around you, teach <laughs> your children if you're a parent about the ways of the Lord. And it's like a continual ongoing thing. Mm. And it's something that's integrated in every part of your life. Every time you're doing something, it's not like you just shut off Mm. when you leave church, the church building. If Mm -hmm. you're a Christian, you go to church or you, whatever you're navigating that Mm -hmm. anyway. So also I was thinking about Jesus's call to his disciples, um, in Matthew and one of the gospels, we see how he said, come follow me. And I'm going to send you out to fish for people. Mm -hmm. So he said, hey, he invited them and then he gave them a commission, a purpose statement. Hey, this is what we're going to do. And they followed him. Those who were around him followed him. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, they were doing life with him. And his last words to them were, hey, go make other people disciples of all nations, not just of the people who live around us here, but go out anywhere you go as you're going, who's around you. So those are some some pictures there. And then I see I see in Ephesians four talking about the responsibility of believers to equip other people to do the work of the ministry and Paul's teaching. Um, and he gave his life to spread the gospel. In First Corinthians eleven, he's the one who said, Follow my example as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part. Like we can follow each other and it it uh Ephesians five one talks about being imitators of God as beloved children. So we see that all throughout scripture. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more we could get into, but it's definitely a call for us to to be rubbing off on each other in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's it is littered. I love how you connected the dots from the very beginning there in De- Deuteronomy and the law and just kind of track it all the way through. It is evident that this is something every person who claims to be a follower of Jesus, there's that word again, is commissioned and commanded to do. Right. So sometimes the uncertainty, though, that comes in. Yeah. And I know Khalil has some thoughts on that, too. I do. I kind of wanted to ask you, though, Sean, oh. as we're thinking about this, you know, we're, we're obviously saying there's this, there's this mandate or this even expectation of God that his followers would be making disciples, but practically, what are the implications of disciple making for, for the, for our world, for Mm -hmm. our culture, for, for people that don't know God? I mean, what is, what is the implication if we as the church really do this well? And if we don't. Right. Oh, Luke Cawley is his name. He writes a book called the myth of the non-believer. And he breaks down this idea that everybody is a believer in something. And as followers of Jesus, you get into this rhythm here in the West, in America specifically, I'll, I'll talk about our context, of believers and non-believers when there is no separation actually in Scripture. We all are believers. And so in something or mm-hmm. someone, yeah. right? We're all, like you talked about it, Latish, we're all followers. 
And so he uses that as the base for the basis for that as followers of Jesus, you need to be doing discipleship in two ways, two broad ways. One is discipling from Jesus, that is those who are already followers of him, and discipling people toward Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes down to a, a friend of ours, Justin Knowles says, who's that? Who's your one? Mm-hmm. You know, is the, who's the one person who mm-hmm. is not a follower yeah. that you are pouring your life into? You are walking with them, even though now this is some people. Oh, it's evangelism. Well, yes, they both coincide. Mm-hmm. They're both they both they're 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 different, but they are at the same time they work off of one another. You cannot evangelize and not have a disciple, and you cannot disciple without evangelism, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you know, yeah. I don't know of a better terminology for evangelism right now, but, and so that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts, but who's the one person, who's those two people, who are you inviting to your table for dinner and for drink and for, and for laughter and for food or, and for games and you're sharing Jesus with them while sharing your life with them, mm-hmm. whether they're not a Christian or they are. And I don't know if that's kind of where you were going with that question, Khalil, but I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts too. Yeah, no, I think it's good um, because our life, people see, they know, they can know a lot, learn a lot about God by how we love each other and how we live our life, right? So our mm-hmm. life and our actions speak louder than words. <laughs> Old school. Um, so I have a friend who um, I call her pre-Christian, right? Like she's yeah, not quite following the Lord. She doesn't see the need to. She doesn't really believe the same as me. And um, But we have had so many meals together and, sh- and you know, shared many burdens, you could say, like challenges in life. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. she knows that I will pray for her. And so when she's challenge- when she's facing something, like recently she had something with work and she was texting me, tell your friends to pray for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I need all the good thoughts and the prayers that I can get, you know. Yeah. But it's like turning to God when you need help. That I mean, <laughs> God is <laughs> able to help, right? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to that in all the ebbs and flow of life, all mm-hmm. the, the good times and the bad times, like seeing how how we handle those things is really vital. Yeah. As followers, yeah. we handle it differently. It's really right. good. The scriptures it's say awesome. they'll, they'll know you're my followers, you're my disciples by your love for one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you touched on this kind of in passing, Letitia, but you said discipleship, so it's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not a... <laughs> It's not a structured thing or it's not a time of the week, right? This is discipleship time, but it, we live as <laughs> yeah. disciple makers. And mm-hmm. I love that idea that, that Jesus actually says, as you are going. Right. So in your day-to-day life, in your daily life, and kind of with the, the last question I asked, just to add to the, the, the picture that you guys painted, I think all of our life is about pointing people to, to the Savior, Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to this earth to point people to the Father, and he did so through discipleship. Through discipleship, he, 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 he pointed people to, to the Father, and we now walk in his footsteps, and we too make disciples, and we point people to Jesus. And, you know, Sean, you were throwing out the term evangelism. Mm-hmm. We might also use the term that works well with this, like walking with people. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, if discipleship is a lifestyle, then it means walking with people day to day. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so for us as just, just a, your average follower of Jesus, you know, what is it? This is where the, I ask the practical question is, what, is, what does it look like? You know, I, I know pastors disciple, right? Ministry workers and churches, they do discipleship, but that's not just a church mandate. That's, that's, a, that's an individual mandate as well. So 
what do you guys think about that for for the the 16 year old the 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 young adult you know for for the average follower of Jesus living their life right now what are some really practical ways for us to step into this lifestyle of discipleship yeah yeah i was thinking about to disciple is to develop mm-hmm. and so it's important that we're continuing to grow yeah no matter where you are in life no matter what your age is like pastors need people who are helping disciple them, right? And helping them develop. Right. And so it, there's no, there's this chain of this never ending need for growing mm-hmm. and um, following the Lord together. The point is that Christ is the one that we're focusing on. Like you said, Cleo, that was exactly what I was thinking too. And if we're not moving forward and growing, then we're going backward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're being stagnant and it's not really, it's not really helpful in, in making the most of our life here because what else is important except when our life is over that we have pointed people to Jesus and helped them grow and their relationship to him at the end of the day, every person, right? Like eternity is what this is all about. So I was, I was thinking about that same thing as you're going throughout life, look around you who is interested in God or who has the potential to be interested in God. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking about who am I discipling right now? And I'm thinking about the people I work with right now. I'm influencing them by the way I live my life and how I, like the temperature that I set, you could say, mm-hmm. as I'm around them, and um, what I'm focusing on, what I'm feeding myself in the way of reading material, and yeah. you know what my thoughts are, and that kind of thing. I think it is important, you know, as Jesus called his disciples to follow him. There was this invitation: "Hey, you want to spend time together?" Mm-hmm. And I think it's valuable to have time together uh, where it can be intentional where you feed the hungry in the sense of those who are wanting to grow deeper, let's spend some time together in the word. Or I don't think there's something bad about having an intentional time. We do this group thing at our church that you can really go deeper together, but it's also, it's also living life together. So I think it's both like as you're going and then intentional time. What do you, what do you mean by you said setting the temperature? I loved that. What, what what do you exactly do you mean by that? Because that's a phrase we could swing by really quickly. Yeah, but I think there's though. probably a lot of depth to to that definition. If you'd expand on that a little bit, yeah, our mindset and our attitude, I guess, is another term for that. How are we? How are we going to talk about others around us, mm-hmm. or not talk about others around us? How mm-hmm. are we going to? work through challenges that we face really it's cultural setting it's the it's the culture yeah yeah that atmosphere is sometimes mm-hmm. what i even talk about so what you're even saying is like our attitude towards one another mm-hmm. can set a temperature that is warm and cozy or frigid <laughs> and distant yeah i guess is unifying or divisive good yeah, yeah. unifying or divisive I would maybe say expand and think this is what came to my mind is wherever I go, am I taking the character of God with me? Mm. You know, when I step into a room, Mm -hmm. is it being flooded with God's character, his nature, his lightness? You know, I I, I try to interact with a lot of friends who who are not followers. I say yet as well. Right. They're not followers of Jesus yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But I believe I believe that that's their future. But it's so easy to, in a workplace that's not faith-based, to kind of just try to blend in, mm-hmm. not make waves, right. not stand out. 
And uh, I never see Jesus blending in and not standing out. So there's a little bit of a challenge there. But maybe a good question to ask ourselves is whatever room we walk into, is the Holy Spirit flooding into that room? Is he affecting the atmosphere? Or is it pulling people in that direction or pushing them away? Yeah, that's a great question. I was just kind of thinking as Galil was talking and as you were talking too, Latish, what are maybe two things? One for sure, that practical things that you do to disciple or to disciple disciples who disciple disciples. What are a couple of things that you do? You know, at least one, but maybe two. Yeah, so I think it would be important to assess assess kind of where you're at in your life and what's practical. It's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. For me, because of my role in, in a pastoral role working with students, I've kind of spearheaded this group opportunity to talk about some practices, some disciplines, right? So fasting and prayer. Why do we read our Bible? And then practice those things and integrate them into our life and mm-hmm. learn about what that looks like and then see the benefits of it in a group setting and and then do that together for a few months. And so I've I've taken some students through that that process, live life together a bit, and then now I've I've begun to teach uh, other adults who are then teaching students. Mm-hmm. And then those students become like assistance for other groups that, that start. And so that's kind of been a ripple effect that's been really fun to watch over the past few mm, years. Yeah. That is within my context, something that I've done and has been very intentional. But then I think there's also the friendships that I've built just personally. And I just check up on people because I care about them. And I say, how are you with, how are you doing yeah. in your walk with God? And then, you know, what are the challenges that you're facing and how can we work together with that? So again, it's a lot of personal interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, for me, that's, that's been my re- most recent interaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you're really hitting on that relational piece because when you think about it, you know, is the average follower of Jesus thinking of this idea of walking together within our friendships. Mm-hmm. So we've got people in our, in our lives that we've been friends with for 10, 15, 20 years, or maybe even just a handful of years. Yeah. And are we, do we have the mindset that, oh, we're actually sharpening one another to the likeness of Jesus and we're growing together or is it just, hey, we get together and we have fun and we, and all those things are fine. Yeah. But it comes back to intentionality and what kind of what you're saying there. I'm intentional with my friendships and relationships. It's always in order to encourage and challenge mm-hmm. and love and and uh, um, and really sharpen one another into the likeness of Christ. And if we have that mentality or not, is it? It must. It might be a difference between being intentional with our relationships or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You never drift into holiness, right? It's not. It's not yeah. like you just drift into. And what I mean by holiness is this idea of being holy is this word of being set apart. So this idea of being yeah. set apart for Jesus. He's my author. He's my king. He's my mm-hmm. master. He's my lord and savior. Mm-hmm. You don't drift into that, right? You know, and so we, it's communal. We need yeah, one another. We do. So, and iron sharpens iron, as there's the scripture that says that. So, it's like we're helping each other, spurring each other on to good things, right? Mm-hmm. And when I'm with you guys, you always challenge me to think mm-hmm. deeper and to consider what I'm thinking about, how I'm like, what I'm doing for contributing to 
to God and his work. And yeah. I mean, just yeah. as a person, I don't know, you guys are really challenging in a good way, in a positive way. And I'm really thankful that. for Thank that you. friendship I have with you guys. Aww. And so I know that you do that with other people too. So I think that, I think you're hitting on something good that like this friendship thing, even if you're a 16 year old right now, like right. you have friends that you can influence. And I, I had a friend just tag me in something saying, thank you for always pointing me to Jesus. And I didn't even think about it. Yeah. You know, that's but it's awesome. like, that's what we're doing. I mean, but we're all doing that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I, so good. what I hear in both of your statements, but really through your example, Letitia, is the, the relationship. This is all flowing from relationship, which actually what I see in you is that it all flows from your care for people, mm. that you care about them. So what you're doing is you're checking in. Yeah. You're checking in. And I, I wonder, is the average follower of Jesus thinking more about ourselves or more about the people around us with our time? And mm-hmm. if I'm not if I'm not actually thinking about people, if I don't actually care on a really yeah. on a really significant level, if, if I don't love them the way Jesus loves, then I'm probably not going to be checking in in the same way. But when we genuinely care for someone to desire their best, you almost can't help but do it. And then you're actually being really intentional. Your questions: How is your relationship with God? How are you doing? You're sparking spiritual dialogue. You're sparking a spiritual conversation. Or provoking it, as that scripture says, right? Where you're you're prodding that along, and so that's a really great encouragement to to me, even and anyone listening, is I I can take an intentional step to ask a spiritual question, mm-hmm. and that's a way to disciple as we're going, just mm-hmm. in the midst of our life and yeah. doing a relationship with one another. We can ask a spiritual question, a question yeah. about God, or a, a, a check in on someone that that recalibrates the conversation towards jesus mm-hmm. that's really good yeah i've used what do you think where is god in all this or what mm-hmm. do you think what do you think god thinks about this that's good so it's not pushing it on them but it's like inviting them to think differently maybe and inviting them to think differently at the table <laughs> i love it <laughs> is there anything else you would like to leave with our listeners any other thoughts uh, maybe a nugget or another something practical that you might uh, think is helpful I would say um, sometimes it can seem ominous and um, hard to grasp. Like, okay, what is this big idea of discipleship that we're supposed to be doing that like we started out with? And I think I would encourage everyone to just focus on one thing. Just think about it and just pray like, okay, God, what can I do today? What can I implement in my life today? What one thing can I start to incorporate that can start to um, become part of who I am or even say like, man, am I already doing this? And I don't realize it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us already are. And we just need to recognize that maybe this is in the category of, of mentorship discipleship for the purpose of pointing people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And let's just keep going and not grow weary and doing good, but keep going and um, keep focused on him. That's awesome. Good. Good. Yeah. That's great. That's super encouraging. That is very encouraging. You, you. (laughs) You took a really, complex idea and made it feel like something anyone could do mm-hmm. i could do this i could ask that question i could check in on that person so thanks Good. thanks so much for jumping on with and us today thanks guys <laughs> and great. you know i would just say you you also encourage us to think better and deeper and you ask yes. great questions and it always sparks and challenges me as well so i'm thankful to have have a friend who also sharpens sharpens my thinking yes i agree thanks thank you well, thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome to the Table. I think this conversation is just the beginning of really a a deeper conversation. I would say don't let don't let it just end here. Uh, who are you inviting into this conversation? What does it look like to 
have a discipleship conversation with a friend around you. Maybe share this podcast. Maybe invite them into this so that you can go together. I know that uh, Jesus also sent his disciples out two by two. And so discipleship and faith is not something meant to be done in isolation or to be done alone. So we want to encourage you to invite someone in, share your life of faith, share Jesus with them, and hey, invite someone to your table this week.